Sox fans, welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast for the love of the Sox. Hosted by Nick Borowski and Pat Hester. Hey Sox fans, welcome to episode 100 of Good Guys Talk Back. This is a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast recording just blocks from Sox Park in beautiful Bridgeport. I am Nick Morawski, and thank you so much for joining us once again. You can find this podcast everywhere you find your podcasts. Subscribe, pass along, and find us on the ShyCitySports.com website. They've got some great Chicago-centric content, as well as some great Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts. Pat Hester is going to join us a little later in this episode, but we... Uh, are in for a real treat here. Uh, I'm being joined by Johnny from ONTAP Sportsnet and from Sox on 35th. It is a real treat to have you on this podcast. Johnny, thank you so much. Hey, Nick, thank you for uh, extending the invite. I always enjoy uh, talking White Sox with diehard fans like yourself. Um, So it it is a pleasure to be on here, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, all that we have to discuss tonight. And there's a lot of it, uh, Johnny. Um, I, as you know, I was putting some notes together of like where to go, and it has changed from game to game to game in this Minnesota series. <laughs> but here, you know, here the Sox are 26 and 16, uh, first place by, you know, depending on what Cleveland does tonight, uh, two and a half games, maybe three and a half games. Um, you know, it, 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 there's a weird feeling of like, it's almost too good to believe. And some of the things that happened in this series have really overshadowed um, the greatness that we saw today with Giolito. So I want to get a lot from from you in this episode. Definitely the you're mean, the TLR stuff. Uh, But I guess I want to get some of your just fresh Minnesota takeaways. What you saw from this series, you know, the Sox are now five and one against the Twins this year. Yeah, so that's the biggest thing, and I like that you brought that up first because it's easy to get lost in all of the drama that surrounded this, and I'm sure we will touch on the Yerman, Tony LaRusso, Lance Lynn comments, all of that stuff later, uh, but it shouldn't be overlooked that, like you said, the White Sox are now 5-1 and one through the first six against Minnesota, and if you said that before the season to any White Sox fan, I think they would be ecstatic about that, and I think we should, and we should celebrate that, Nick. Yeah, you know... I, I, a lot of folks were saying, well, you know, the, the Twins are an inferior team. So why are you threatened uh, by the Twins? Uh, it's the history. It's because this team has been a thorn for 10, 15 years. And they play us very difficult. Outside of the route in game one, this was a damn tight series. And I don't care what anybody, yeah, they're an inferior team, but they need to be stopped on. And the Sox... Uh, you know, did that in game one, the um, game two, you know, we can break down a little bit later. And today was was just an awesome performance by by Giolito. Um, what did you see out of Giolito today? And uh, are you are you confident that this could be, you know, where Giolito might be at now for uh, the rest of the year? Okay, so specifically today from Giolito, I liked that even though some command was off a little bit and granted, Three walks is not bad at all in the grand scheme of things overall. But when you look at leadoff walk in the first, leadoff walk in the second, leadoff walk in the sixth, right after the White Sox had scored, and for them to possibly get back into it, 
his ability to rebound there and come back and get guys right away, whether it was a double play in the six, whether it was striking guys out, whether it was just inducing some weaker contact uh, to get guys. That was big for me. And the change up is back, baby. I think that's the biggest thing. It was dancing. It was elusive. The guys had to swing at it because it looks like a strike at first. It looks like a fastball. They get their swing going. And then it just dives off. It dives off the plate, dives way away from him. If you're a lefty, dives in to you if you're a righty. Uh, and that was the biggest thing. And he also, uh, you know, jumped a couple of sliders in there too, which I think uh, is, you know, we're so used to just the fastball change room. And the change is so good that obviously you should feature it as much as he possibly can. And he did that very well today. But there were a couple too where if someone's trying to sit on that, you throw the slider and it's, you know, obviously a little bit faster. But you're trying to swing at that, and maybe you're looking, oh, maybe it could be the same action as a changeup. Uh-uh, that thing's diving into your feet if you're a lefty there. So I like the little bit of mix. And then I think the uh, composure a little bit more. And it's weird to say that about Giolito, a guy who was an all-star in 2019. who had a you know pretty solid season, too. We saw what he did in the Oakland wildcard round in game one last year. So it's weird to say that, but it has been off to start the season. And I think that's a fair assessment of him to date. And I, I always said it on our my podcast that I do is socks on tap uh, that it's going to come back. I, I don't have uh, I'm not like out on Giolito just because of a few, you know, may, maybe inferior starts uh, to begin this 2021 campaign. Um, so, yes, I do think it's a, a huge stepping stone for him. Uh, and I think the confidence is you saw it shoot through the roof today. And I think it's only going to trend upward from here. Yeah, I was uh, really impressed with uh, just even the velocity in the eighth inning. He's throwing mid-90s, and he's at well over 100 pitches. He had that crazy look in his eye from the Oakland series. Yeah. You know, he had that that nasty glare, and, you know, and even the strut as he was kind of walking around uh, when he was taking care of business. Um, were you surprised that he came out in the eighth? A little bit, yeah, uh, but at the same time, I think the six was huge. I always go back to that because credit to Andrew Vaughn for making an excellent diving stop uh, to really negate any threat and having him having to overextend uh, in that inning and that keeping, you know, Grant, I know you said the pitch count was up, you know, around the hundred mark there, um, but it could have been even higher and that would have bounced him and there would have been no chance for him coming back out for the eighth. So I think I was a little surprised, but at the same time, you kind of take the temperature of the game as it goes along. Uh, and then when I kind of looked at the peripherals of it, I was like, okay, yeah, he, he could, he could do one more. And he obviously did that very well. Yeah. It, 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 so folks were, uh, uh, tweeting some stuff out about potentially a, a change in, um, you know, arm ankle or, or elbow. Um, you know, I haven't looked too closely at some of those in previous starts, but obviously some things were going on. Um, and, you know, what Pat and I have talked about on this uh, on this podcast is, is, you know, maybe the Central specifically has just seen Giolito for, for a couple of years now. And they have got him figured out and he needs to readjust to some of these uh, opponents, especially in the central that see him quite a bit. And it was really refreshing to see after a, a bumpy start, uh, him come back and, and start kind of doing what he does uh, with the pinpoint control and the confidence in that and that floating just almost like butterfly change up that he has. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. And I think you made a really good point there about the familiarity of seeing the central division opponents so much. Think last year, even though it was an abbreviated 60 game season, that was all we played. It was all, you know, central AL central. And then obviously some NL central teams mixed in there as well, but the predominant uh, opponent were 
uh, AL Central teams. So you take that into account and then just all the information that's available uh, to uh, both pitchers and hitters, uh, you need to be able to make counter adjustments. I think he's starting to do that uh, after a couple of, you know, sort of, like I said, uh, below his standard of starts. And then also he got a little unlucky in that Kansas City one. I think that that's a fair assessment to win pushing out to right field at the rate. Uh, you know, you can hit a pop up and it'll go out there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, and uh, Hendricks comes in to lock it down, doing what we uh, hoped he was going to do. Uh, how have you felt about Hendricks so far this year? I've, I've gotten mixed reviews from a lot of fans that uh, I've talked to. Yeah, early on, I mean, it was easy to question because, first of all, you get all these. I, I think this is all also a sort of uh, where the team is at, the win now mode. Everybody just wants you to go out. Oh, we got these pieces. We had a good offseason. So let's go out and dominate from game one. And you know, it wasn't happening right away, both offensively, took a little bit to get going. And then also uh, on the pitching end, the bullpen struggled a bit to begin the year. And everyone was really shocked by that because as a group, everyone said this could be the best in the American League overall. Uh, So yeah, right now with Hendricks, I am feeling much better than I was, say, a month ago uh, at this time. And I think he's done that by uh, you know, eliminating the frequency of the long ball uh, that he's allowing. And then also, uh, you know, just not putting himself in situations. It seemed like in, in some games earlier, he would come in and the first guy would just hit like a rocket single. And then, I, you know, he, he's an emotional guy himself, Liam Hendricks is. So that could rattle him maybe a little bit. And, he's, you know, you see him out there whipping himself on the mound and all that and says his wife's yelling from the stands, don't suck, stuff like that. So he could be getting in his own hand a little bit just because he's an emotional guy. Um, but I, I think it then just, you know, throws off how you're approaching these next hitters um, from there. But uh, he's done a much better job of that. And you saw the slider. I think, you know, I was talking with Buzz on Socks on Tap today that, Sometimes your stuff's just not going to be as good as other days. Well, this was a really, really, really good stuff day for Liam Hendricks. That slider was biting, and these guys had absolutely no chance. Um, obviously struck out two in that last inning, induced a uh, sort of weak fly out to left field um, for the other out that he recorded. But the slider was just, I mean, that's pitching ninja, like, you know, uh, what he is looking to gift that kind of stuff uh, over there. And that's like a prime example of it. And it was great to see because that's a guy you paid $54 million to. Yeah, he looked, uh, he was locked in uh, today. It looked like yesterday he was having some footing issues as, you know, no, no surprise with the way the conditions were with the weather. Don't want to make a lot of excuses, but uh, he was, he was ready to pitch today. Uh, the Sox didn't need a lot of offense today. It was a close one, but the offense they did get, a lot of it came from Lurie Garcia, and mm-hmm. it's been happening quite a bit lately. Uh, you're a Lurie guy. Um, go ahead and uh, go ahead and gush on some Lurie Garcia uh, right now. Yeah, so I, I think I'm going to start with Frank Thomas. You know, when a guy like that, when Frank Thomas, a White Sox legend, an all-famer, is one that says that this guy is swinging a really good bat right now, and he was referring to Lurie Garcia when they did one of their little studio look-ins during the game, that's a high compliment. Uh, and I know, you know, Frank can kind of be, you know, they have to be a little homerish on there, and I get it, but you, you look at it, and yes, where did it come from today? And he's been hitting the ball in that route on Monday night. Uh, he, he had some RBI situations, and came up again uh, today with that big double opposite field in the top of the sixth inning. And that ended up being the game winning run. So uh, that, that he played it with that RBI. So uh, it, it is nice to see because this guy is the longest tenured member of the White Sox. So he has been through uh, the kind of last ditch efforts to kind of go for it. So to say I'm doing finger quotes uh, here. <laughs> 
and then he <laughs> stuck through the rebuild and they've kept him around because he is a solid utility piece basically plug and play wherever you need him whatever the role may be outfield infield doesn't matter pinch hit defensive replacement he'll do it uh and now obviously with the injuries they have uh, major injuries to Luis Robert and uh Eloy Jimenez uh Lurie Garcia is getting much more consistent playing time than I think anyone would have hoped uh for this White Sox team myself included even as a fan of Lurie Garcia but the thing is the guy he it just finds a way to get it done and he does it with a smile so it's like you can't not like him as a person and then when the production comes along uh that's just you know it, it makes you so happy for the guy and then obviously for the team uh, when he's doing it in big spots like he did today yeah when i uh see the outfield of uh, lurie and mendick and uh, vaughn or even hamilton it's not what i thought 20, 21 was going to look like but these guys are stepping up. You know, I've been hot and cold on Lurie, but to your point, uh, he is a Swiss Army knife. He can do a ton of different things. And, hey, if he's productive, you you can't not play him. He has to continue to be put in those roles, and he came up huge uh, today. Uh, a guy that's starting to get kind of hot, and I am all for it, I think he can be an AL MVP is Mankata. He had a pretty good series. His swing looks great. It looks like he's starting to really – uh, heat up uh what what have you liked from him lately oh man yoan mancata where do i even start with this guy <laughs> um if you follow socks on tap uh we have a little running gag we try to give give nicknames and little jokes and you know kind of uh you know sort of just sort of uh you know fun stuff to share on social media about these guys but we call them mangata with god all capitalized and that goes back to on our season preview show over there we did a you know predicting what White Sox team awards would be. And we'd said who would be the team Cy Young, team MVP, you know, all this stuff, you know, most home runs, all of that kind of stuff. We, we went through and did all of it. It was one of the ones that was consensus all the way through was Yohan Moncada would be the team MVP. And he is showing it now. Um, it, it took a little bit for the bat to get going. You remember those early stretches, the Angels series, the, uh, you know, couple after that, even into until the first home series, really, uh, on that home opener when he belted an opposite field uh, shot uh, to kind of get them going in, in that game. Uh, that's when you really first felt like Yohan Moncada was turning it on the season. Uh, and his potential is, is just, it's limitless. Remember, he was a number, former number one overall uh, prospect in baseball back during the 2016, 2017, before he got called up, uh, all that. So that, that potential has always been there because he's all around. He offers value defensively. Obviously he plays a solid third base. He's got a really strong arm. And then at the plate being a switch hitter, um, obviously his left side is much stronger than his right. And I think that's just natural there. Uh, but he, he can figure it out from the right side. And we've seen in the past some power potential, even from the right side, even if it doesn't look as sexy as the swing does from the left side, uh, he's able to do it. So, I mean, I think it's a sort of who has to pick up the onus when a guy like Jose Abreu is out. We all know that Eloy Jimenez and Robert have been out for a while, Um, but with, uh, Brayu's most recent designation that he wasn't going to play in this twin series. I think Yohan Moncada took it upon himself to be that. Uh, I have to be the guy. I- I'm the anchor of this lineup right now, and he is doing that uh, to the fullest. And obviously, a really solid day today. Um, but he finished. I know he had at least one hit and two walks. Uh, so um, it- it's it's been excellent to see and to see him kind of step up in that because you know. Sure, uh, he's still young, of you know, age-wise, but he also has to be a little bit of a leader on this team, just given the absences that they have. Yeah, I like the plate discipline as well. You talked about walks. He uh, definitely 
uh, his taking his walks and he just seems so locked in and he's staying on the ball and he's driving it. Um, uh, no shortage of offense in game one of this uh, twin series. Sacks just completely beat down the twins 16 to four. Uh, it's what we as fans were hoping for. We wanted the foot on the gas, the killer mentality that Gio and TA talked about in the offseason. Uh, but it, it came with a ton of drama, and we're, we're still dealing uh, with it as Sox fans, and we will probably for a while. Uh, there's a lot to unpack with this, Johnny. Um, let's, let's, just go with the, let's just go with the you're mean. I'm swinging on 3-0. I'm doing you're mean. Um, and, you know, I'm going to take a position player that has no business pitching to me. I'm going to take him deep while we're up 11 runs. Thoughts on that? So personally, I don't care. I don't care about the written unwritten rules of the game. If they, you know, people have said it plenty uh, across Twitter, social media, on air, on various radio stations, I'm sure. If they're so important, they would be written down. Uh, so I personally don't care and I, I don't really mind it. Um, but, you know, in that situation, I could see where some of maybe the old school thought would be that, you know, it's bad sportsmanship. And that's obviously what Tony kind of referred to uh, in his sort of uh, not, you know, disapproval of Yerman Mercedes in that spot, along with uh, swinging, you know, uh, kind of ignoring a sign, uh, so to say. Um, so I, I personally, to me, I, I don't care. I think it's great. It's fun. And you get a kind of funny moment. It's like the game's already out of hand. Uh, you get a nice highlight from that. And it's two big guys going up against each other. And, uh, you know, we, we had said from Sox on tap, our big guy, their guy, their big guy uh, at that juncture in the game because Yerman, you know, took him deep uh, to left center. So, um, you know, and of course, that was going to bring out uh, this uh, drama because of the way that it was presented in the media. And I think when we get into this and really dive into uh, what, what all unfolded uh, in the aftermath of Yerman Mercedes hitting that home run, um, it was just poorly handled. And it makes me just want to like tell these guys, did you ever take a PR 101 class? Can you sign up for one and do it? Because it, Buzz made a good point. My co-host on Socks on Tap made a good point today. He's like, I'd like to see someone just do the, uh, was it the Joe Girardi route? I'm not talking about that or whatever. And I think I made a point on uh, the Sox on tap post game show today. And it was Joe McEwing's quote, uh, Scott Merkin had tweeted out right around first pitch. So I'm sure the media availability was from the short, you know, uh, right before the game uh, from this, but McEwing in summary, I don't have the exact quote up in front of me, but in summary, it was that, you know, Yerman's locked in. We understand that. And we do want to have that type of focus, but yes, he did. Uh, you know, because McEwing, Ewing did confirm that, that he did ignore a sign in that instance, but it's been handled internally. And imagine if, if those words came from Tony, sure, you'd probably have some people prodding around and still wanting to like know a little more, but he could just defer back to that. Like we handled it. We handled yep. it in-house and that's it. Yeah. And they wouldn't get anything more out of them. Then you wouldn't have these back and forth. You wouldn't have Lance Lynn having to comment on it. You wouldn't have to have Tim Anderson on the, you know, NBC Sports Chicago Instagram page making comments about it. No, game's not over. And I get that. And I'm on TA side there. But you, you wouldn't even have that if the if this just would have been handled better in the public light. That, that's my bottom line here. No, you're you are right on. And uh, it's the optics. Um, you know, I'm all for. Hey, if you're going to put in a position player, even though you had some other arms in the bullpen and you want to save those arms, well, then that means you don't mind giving up a few more runs because our guys are going to swing. Now, if uh, Larusa gave your mean uh, a sign uh, and your mean uh, went against that sign, okay, 
all right, handle it behind closed doors. Handle it in the clubhouse. Even if you want to go so far as to contact Rocco Volodelli and say, hey, that's not us. That's not how we play. We got a rookie that's still learning the game. We don't want, you know, we don't want to get into a war right now. Uh, we don't need guys getting hurt. We're taking care of it. I don't understand why Larusa has to go out and air all of this in public. If he's, if this is a family thing, this is like out of the Godfather. Like you don't talk about the family <laughs> business outside yes. of the family. You know, didn't Sonny pop off to the Godfather in one scene? You know, it, it's like take care of it, and then yes, exactly. Resort to the to the McEwing thing, or just be very. Uh, brief with your statements. I mean, take a page out of Han's book most of the time where Han does yeah. not get into detail about things. I don't understand. And then, and then he's doubling down on a lot of things. And now there seems to be even a little like spat between Lynn and, and La Russa. I that's, that's where I, as a, just a diehard lifelong Sox fan, I'm like, I want what's best for the Sox. And right now, what's happening with Larusa and all of this drama, it, it just doesn't feel like uh, it's the best for the Sox. I don't know. Do you feel like we're making too much out of this? Or I guess that question. And then also, how have you felt Tony Larusa has done? Is it winning despite Tony Larusa, or is he actually a major factor in the success? So a couple parts on there. I'll stick with the situation at hand, the, the specific about the Mercedes uh, home run, the afterwards, because we didn't really get into the retaliation. And I think it what really struck a chord with fans was that Tony Larusa said he didn't have a problem with how the Twins handled it and throwing it behind uh, Yerman Mercedes in the latter innings of Tuesday night's game. And that's bad because it shows you're not sticking up for your players. And you need to do that publicly. If there's one place that you need to do that, it's publicly. And uh, you need to have their backs uh, just from a, you know, for, for us fans. We, we want to be like, okay, this guy's all ride or die with us. Uh, and then also for the players in the clubhouse, too. You want to know that your manager is going to have your back and they're not going to put up for any crap that could potentially, you know, granted it was behind him. But, hey, that hits them. So it's someone else. Uh, it could result in an injury. Say so it's a little more inside. That could clip a hand. How many guys have got hit in the hand, broken a you know the was it the homemade bone in yeah. their hand or a pinky or a, you a know wrist. What, what, yeah. whatever yeah, yeah. Well, whatever it may be, it, it could lead to that. So I think that's where uh, it, it really uh, just kicked into the next year. So uh, the whole handling of that publicly it, it was just terrible. And I hope we're able to move on from it. And I know McEwing said, oh, it's handled. We're you know. We're handling our business in-house and it's taken care of and we're going out and we're you know playing the game on the field. And I get that, um, but but it just it leaves a sour taste in both the fans' mouths. And then I think just from some of the comments that you saw from the players uh, in theirs too. Um, but I do want to, in that second part of your question there, uh, uh, thoughts on Lursa overall. Um, it's up until this point, um, I really, you can, I think you can do this with any manager too. You can point out a couple instances of, oh, wow, like, you know, this is a screw up a managerial uh, decision or mm -hmm. a, you know, uh, lack of knowing something like the rule in Cincinnati. Uh, but then you could go around the rest of the league, uh, like a guy that I just mentioned, Joe, Joe Girardi cut a Zach Wheeler start short in early April because he forgot that he couldn't visit the mound twice without removing his guy. Are Phillies fans going nuts that we need to, we, this right. is inexcusable. We need to remove this guy right now. Uh, no, they're not. Let me just be honest with you. So I think a lot of the early harsh, really stuff criticism wise um, was because uh, fans just did not like the guy. And that's fine. If you don't like him, that's fine. Go ahead and say that you don't like him. 
but don't try and bleed into every single aspect of it. Like there's a lineup decision they don't like, and it's, oh, well, Tony's old, drunk, and stupid. And that's the extent of their discourse, and I hate that. So I tried to defend some of them because there's been some perfect bullpen managements throughout some of these games. And granted, there's been the, the G, leaving Geo in too long. That's a managerial mistake. Um, also, I think that's communication on both their parts that they weren't on the same page there. So th- there are mistakes to highlight. But up until now, I think uh, some of it was a little overblown. Um, but this from a public perception and a are you sticking up for your guys uh, sort of aspect? I think that's one thing that more people are completely on board with and saying that, okay, this is an issue at least right now um, because it just looks bad and you're drawing bad headlines to yourself when they should all be good. The White Sox are one of the best teams in baseball. Hell, they have been for, you know, granted it varies on the day and the Giants are kind of right up there with us now. But hell, we should be talking about how the White Sox run differential is through the roof. The pitching's so good. The offense can explode at any time, even without some of these bats. So I think it's uh, that it's drawing away from that is what is the real uh, sort of disappointment here. But overall, though, as when you're talking baseball specific, let's ignore the media circus that just happened these past few days. I approve uh, of Tony LaRusso so far. I do. Yeah, you know, the age thing, uh, low-hanging fruit, um, not been in the game for a while, that that kind of stuff. You know, again, I want what's best for the White Sox. And, you know, I was confused and really thrown off when the hiring happened. I mean, and that's probably um, putting it mildly. But after I kind of settled in and heard some of the players' comments and what they were saying and then – obviously following uh, through the winter and into spring training and all of the, the praise of how well Larusa runs a, a spring training, this and the other. It's like, well, if this is the best thing for the Sox, hey, then great. This is the guy. And But yeah, some of these things that have been happening from the Cincinnati thing to not taking or not understanding where Gio was at. Um, and, and now lately, it, it just it really, the optics uh, are frustrating because this is what we have to talk about um, instead of, you know, one of the best teams offensively in the league, uh, the best team in the American League pitching. I mean, this big, you know, Yankee series that's coming up first place this late in May hasn't happened in forever. It hasn't happened since like 2016. Um, So I guess where I mean, and then you see photos recently, just like tonight, of them traveling to New New York in their in, in their uh, Mancata rompers, and like everybody seems to be having a good time. So I wonder sometimes, you know, look, Robert's not in the lineup, Aloy's not going to be not in the lineup, and they're not going to be in the lineup for a long time. But this team is continuing to win and play well. So at what point? So that's chemistry, right? There's a lot of that that you got to say, hey, that's chemistry. Guys are stepping up you know, TWTW in a way. And that's where I don't want the chemistry to be screwed with. And that worries me sometimes when LaRusso almost goes out of his way to make comments that ruffles everybody's feathers. Yeah. So when I was talking about that, I was talking in-game stuff specifically, which I have been, you know, for the most part, I would say fairly proven. And I think you could go and nitpick any new manager's decisions from day to day, and you could go and find some faults with, with anyone, even the best ones in the league. Uh, hell, I would imagine A.J. Hinch has had his share, and granted, the Tigers are in a different state, but still, that would have been my pick for manager I did. Um, we did a kind of predictions and who we think it will be. That would have been my guy. Um, but either way, you could probably still nitpick some things there. 
Um, but I agree with you 100% on the chemistry standpoint, on the public perception standpoint. It just looks bad when this should be a moment of celebration uh, for White Sox Nation and uh, for finally getting that national recognition. Think about how many times we griped about ESPN forgetting about us in a, a graphic about champions over the past you know, decade and a half and whatever it may be, whatever the sort of uh, issue with the national media was and them leaving out the White Sox. And now it just sucks that uh, – it's unfortunately Tony uh, bringing this uh, upon uh, the team and the storylines that come with it. So I agree with you. And the uh, clubhouse chemistry thing, um, I think that they're all, you know, they're grown men. They're able to deal with things like this. Uh, but you would ideally uh, like to have someone that is 100% on your side uh, and then two, not causing problems uh, that you have to go and answer for or make comments about uh, publicly. And uh, that's unfortunate that we're in the situation. So, yeah, that is where my biggest uh, criticism of TLR would come in. Yeah, there's just so many positives, though, to talk about this team. And I, and I you know, we're a quarter of the way through the season, uh, 10 games over 500 uh, in first place, uh, playing well. The pitching is what I thought was going to carry this team. And it's it's been doing that. I'm going to get you out on uh, on some piss, pitching conversation here. Um, just just pure, like just a good story. Your means a, gr- a good story. It's a great story. But I think another great story is Kopech and how he has uh, performed uh, with so many doubters and the the being on the shelf for so long. Um, where do you where do you think Kopech fits uh, throughout the year? Do you think we could see him in the rotation um, as the season winds down? A lot of factors at play here, uh, so this is a tough one to answer right now in mid May uh, as we are talking here, but. Long term, I think right now we're going to stay the course with the bullpen. Uh, the kind of, you know, you can use him for multiple innings if you need to, but he can also be a shutdown guy uh, in a high leverage spot. That is where the main usage will be from now. And I would imagine through um, probably most of July. Uh, but when you get down uh, to that wire there, and depending on where his innings are, I think that's a big thing too, because I don't think they're trying to o- overextend him and they don't want the arm to give out or, or just not get top tier stuff uh, out of him uh, like you expect not like he has been putting out uh, so far this season Uh, so I think they will manage that very delicately maybe he'll make the spot starts and I think seven inning games are perfect for him to start because even if you get four out of them you can turn it over to your you know uh, top three bullpen guys that are ready and available that day so uh, we call him another moniker over at Sox on Tap is spot start king right now for Michael Kopech it's a temporary role because he will eventually get into that uh, starting rotation if he is to in this season, I would imagine it down the home stretch. And we're talking maybe mid through second half of August if they are going to make a switch at some point. And I think a lot of that also, along with how Kopech is faring himself, where his innings are at, how his arm is feeling, it also depends on how Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon keep up because I think you can make a, you know, uh, it's pretty locked in that Dallas Keuchel, uh, Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn are, are going to be in the rotation. There's no chance that any of those veteran guys are going to the pet. Maybe you can make an argument for Keuchel if things really went south for him, but you just saw a nice bounce back performance from on Monday. So I think that, that's kind of out of the question. It will depend on the other guys because one Rodon has an injury history. I love what he's done so far this year. I was one that I probably would not have brought him back. If I was the GM of the team, just play an armchair over here. That's why I'm not, I'm not in that role. Yeah, no, I was uh, in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. That would just would have gone with someone with a little 
less uh, injury history. I think that was my biggest concern uh, with him. Uh, so you have to see how that holds up for him, both the uh, elbow, shoulder issues that he has had in the past. And then Dylan Cease, what are we going to get out of him? Because we've seen some games where command is off for him, and we've seen other times where the stuff is just top tier, elite. Um, so it depends on what you're going to get from him and what decisions you have to make there uh, down the home stretch. But I, if you are going to get Cope back in the rotation, sorry, this is all roundabout. But like I said, there's so many, <laughs> a, so many factors. It's a tough question, though. So yeah. many factors that come yeah. in here. So that's why I wanted to address all of those. Uh, if we do, and if he is moved into the rotation, I would imagine down the home stretch in mid to late August, that's where I would slot it. Yeah, there it's complicated. There's a lot of layers, but in a weird way, it's good problems to have. And uh, as I always say, when you think you have enough pitching, go get some more pitching. You can't have enough. And I've been so impressed and looking forward to the matchups this weekend in New York. Uh, Johnny, it was an absolute pleasure talking with you. Thank you so much for uh, letting us steal some of your time. Oh, yeah, Nick, thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. Like I said, it's always a pleasure to talk with some diehard fans here. Um, you know, enjoy the stuff that you guys are doing over here at Good Guys Talk Back. So uh, it's nice to kind of uh, collaborate and get a meeting of the minds together whenever we can here. Yeah, absolutely. Just connecting with passionate diehard Sox fans. I, I love it. Uh, uh, Johnny is the engagement director for Sox on 35th, editor-in-chief for Sox uh, for ONTAP Sportsnet. Uh, where else uh, can we find you, Johnny, and, and where, where else can we find your content? Yeah, so uh, my personal Twitter account is at Nani Johnny, N-O-N-N-I-E, J-O-N-N-I-E. Uh, and then you can find me on the Socks on Tap postgame show. That's at Socks on Tap on Twitter. Uh, we run one, uh, try to get one out after every game. And we've been pretty good about that this year. Sometimes we'll do a little bit of a uh, Saturday, Sunday recap if weekends get busy. But uh, I'm over there with Tony Marchese, uh, Buzz on Tap, and uh, NWI Steve. It was unfortunately gone a little dark uh, on Twitter these days, but he is still, uh, you can still find him there. Uh, th that's where you can find that. And then, yeah, all of our articles are over at ontapsportsnet.com, uh, White Sox related. Uh, and then, you know, we, we have all Chicago sports covered there too, but obviously uh, focused in uh, on White Sox here. And obviously we're in the midst of the season. So uh, it'll be a big bulk of the content that, that comes through over there. Absolutely, man. You, you guys put out some great stuff. We, we talked to Steve, uh, a few months ago, he was a uh, he was uh, great to have for conversation, and uh, I hope to talk to you again, uh, you know, throughout the season, Johnny. So thank you again so much for joining us. Yeah, hey, no problem. I appreciate it once again, and uh, let's just keep this train rolling, man. I think we have a good chance to go and take a series uh, in New York Saturday. Might be a little tough test with Dylan. Uh, excuse me, yeah, Dylan Cease versus uh, Garrett Cole, I believe, is a projected matchup. But hey. Uh, lefty on the mound to start so let's get off on the right foot and I think we could be in for uh, some more winning ways from our White Sox this weekend I agree uh, thank you again uh, Johnny from on tap Sportsnet and Sox on 35th big thank you to Johnny for jumping on and joining us great conversations there um, Pat Hester joins me now here on episode 100 sir um, it has been a long journey and uh, it's so great to uh to talk first place White Sox with you on this milestone episode of ours. Yeah, it's a great uh, it's a great day, Nick. When whenever you beat the Twins, right, and and winning cures the ills. And I'll tell you this: uh, at least the Sox never leave it dull for us. No matter no matter if they're winning or losing or in first place by three and a half games, uh, they they just keep they're the spice uh, of the the baseball season. So it's always fun, right? 
Everybody's always I mean, happy. Aside from that route, I mean, this was a damn close series. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what I was saying, I think, the previous episode. We've got a bullseye on our back. And teams want to test their medal against the first place team. And we hopefully are going to be wearing this crown uh, throughout the season for a majority of the season. We're built for it. We're ready for it. Uh, this team has, you know, October aspirations, uh, World Series aspirations. So teams are going to be coming after us. And, yeah. you know, we should have won game two. Um, boy, that, that thing, don't even, I mean, we, we'll, we can break a little bit of it down. But when you're one for 10 with runners in scoring position, you yeah. leave 11 guys on base, you're not going to win many ball games. Um, and today, you know, uh, Johnny talking, Johnny and I talked, you know, Gio was just outstanding. I mean, he mm-hmm. was, uh, I hate to say vintage when he's, you know, uh, he's only been really on for a couple seasons and he's such a young guy, uh, but it was classic. Let's say yeah. that classic Gio from what we're getting used to. Uh, and then Hendricks was, uh, was nails. Uh, your thoughts on kind of the twin series. And of course, uh, want to get a little bit into the, your mean stuff. Yeah, I want to. Here's something I thought was interesting, Nick. And and over this series, you saw it again with Leary Garcia uh, making me look like a fool because um, uh, I think it was three or four episodes back. Yeah. I said I, I, I if the next time I see him, it'd be too soon. And uh, since then, he has gone out and just he's played solid and he's driving the ball. He's in the gaps. He's playing. He's playing defense and playing well. He's 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 by no means a Gold Glover take some interesting routes to, to balls, but he's getting there and he's getting the job done. Jake lamb, Jake lamb is, is contributing. Okay. So look at this. Let's, let's think about this for a second for all the, all the crap that Tony has gotten recently, right? He put guys purposely in the lineup because he knew at some point he'd have to call on them and he has, and they've responded. Is that something we can give him credit for, for continuing to play guys, Billy Hamilton, who I, I don't, I can't, I, I don't really know off the top of my head if he, contributed much over the no. last two games. Yeah. But previous to that, he had been uh, he had been contributing to the ball club, getting hits, getting on base, stealing bases. So these guys, these three guys I just mentioned, everybody was wringing their hands and gnashing their teeth. Oh, I can't believe I, I'm looking at a lineup with this guy in it again. I can't believe I'm looking at a lineup with this guy in it again, myself included. And now these guys are being contributors because they got opportunities early on. Can you imagine if they were never inserted and now it's like a, in case of emergency break glass, and this is what you have to do. And these guys suck. So I don't know if they'll continue that pace. They won't because they're not starting major league players. They're bench guys for a reason, but can we give a little bit of kudos to TLR for, for keeping guys fresh and being ready when needed? Yeah. You know, look, um, you know, Johnny, you know, talked about the in-game stuff that TLR has been doing. And, and I agree, you know, there's been some, um, some good use of, you know, when to pull a pitcher, when to use the bullpen, placing different guys in different situations, you know, we can hem and haw about lineups. Um, uh, but you know, the guys also have to step up and, and, and Lamb has stepped up and Leori has stepped up and Mendick. Uh, has stepped up. I, I like what I've seen. Of course, you, you like what you see in game one. He had a grand slam. Um, you know, and, and I was really happy that he didn't pull Giolito uh, today. Uh, I was, that was, Giolito was locked in and, and Marshall was warming up and Giolito just had that look and he was grooving and um, man, you know, throwing high nineties well into 
the eighth inning when you're above 100 pitches was great to see. Um, yeah. Well, the control was back, Nick, and we yeah. talked about that. That was the thing. Was he, he walked a couple guys today, but the control was there because I think he what are you finished with about 103, 100 and somewhere 110 pitches, something like that. So he wasn't throwing a lot of pitches to get through eight innings. And he was getting a lot of swing and miss. He had, what, 11 strikeouts. So he, mm-hmm. he was very efficient in the way he got through that game today, which you wouldn't think of when you have, you know, a couple walks mixed in with that many strikeouts. You think a high pitch count. But uh, he was missing bats today. The the changeup looked good. And he talked about I, I listened to the post game on ESPN 1000 uh, on my way to my dentist appointment, of all things. And they he was talking about mixing in that curveball, making sure he stayed over top of the ball, and that really helped him. So, like we talked about, he can't be a two-pitch pitcher, right? He can't be just fastball changeup. People will sit on it, and if they guess right, they're going to hit it hard, and especially if the fastball is only about 94 miles an hour. So you mix in a third pitch. It doesn't have to be his best pitch, but he's got to have it to show and get it over for strikes. And, and if you can do that, that's where I think the confidence comes. And when he's more confident, he's going to charge up and he's going to throw throw harder, not to throw his arm out of the, you know out of the socket, but he'll throw harder. And he was throwing with confidence today. Yeah, his uh, demeanor on the mound when he was uh, letting those changeups fly, knew, knowing exactly where it was going to go, um, that was that was what we want to see. And it's been a, it's been a while, uh, mm-hmm. especially with a rocky first couple innings uh, today. He had some guys on base. He was able to settle down and get back to business and not a lot of runs uh, were scored, not a lot of offense, but guys like Leury came up and, and your man um, winning because of Mankata, boy, has he been swinging the bat? Yeah. It's nice to see that he's uh, stepped up in the absence of his kind of his big brother and Jose Abreu who's been out for the last couple of games, which hopefully we see him back in, uh, in uh, New York over the weekend. So, you know, that's the kind of guy I want to see. I'm hoping to see some more, you know, obviously driving out of the ballpark, but hitting gaps and and getting doubles and playing a a pretty solid third base. The play he made, um, what day was it? Was it uh, two days ago or the first game, you know, when it was raining? And and I I think Stoney was talking about it a lot. The ball that was just trickled down down the third base line, it took about three hops in the wet grass and he, he makes things look mm-hmm. very seamless mm-hmm. when he's on and he's on his defensive game when he doesn't have to think and he just reacts. He is something special at third base when he has to think, then I think things get a little bit, uh, you know, discombobulated. But um, when he's when he's just in a rhythm and he's playing the hot corner the way he can, man, I'll tell you what, he's he's fun to watch. Uh, Socks with a plus 73 run diff. Um, they're 10 games over 500. Uh, first place, uh, you know, above Cleveland, tops in pitching in the AL with a 3.28 ERA, uh, leads uh, lead the AL with com- three complete games. Uh, their offense is top three in most categories, uh, including first and average. I know that doesn't get a lot of uh, credit these days, but uh, as a team hitting 268, which is tops, um, these are the things we want to talk about uh, a quarter of the way through the season. These are the things we've been waiting for for a long time. Sox haven't been in first place this uh, at this point uh, in the year since 2016, uh, where they held on to the first place spot until late May, I think May 27th to be exact. Uh, we're trending in that direction. Uh, it's a fun team to watch. Um, 
However, you know, there's been a bit of a cloud uh, this week for sure. And that's probably putting it mildly uh, with the antics of uh, your mean, the your mean and TLR show and a lot of us blowing things maybe out of proportion. Um, you know, the team is off to New York uh, wearing their Yoan Yo- Mankata rompers. Uh, <laughs> seems like everybody's uh, enjoying the time. I did not see TLR in a romper, nor do I think I want to. But you don't want to uh, see the, that? I do. No, I, 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 I want I, that is something that needs to be seen. Yes. Uh, again, I think they should have socks romper day when they can start <laughs> doing the giveaways. Um Okay, uh, so a lot of things to unpack. We, you know, Johnny and I talked uh, a lot about, you know, okay, the unwritten rules, this, that, and the other. And, um, hey, you're going to put in a position player um, when you've got arms in the bullpen. Well, get ready for us to mash. Mercedes is going to mash. Now, it gets then down to, well, was he given a sign to take or not? It sounds like TLR gave him the sign, the take sign. Now, when Mercedes hit the home run, he didn't, as far as I can see, he didn't launch his bat in a dramatic bat flip. Uh, he didn't stare at the ball at home plate. He didn't chirp at the Twins dugout. Um Thoughts on the home run. Let's just start there. Thoughts on the home run. I don't care. In my mind, uh, if you're going to throw a position player out there that's throwing uh 45 mile an hour, trying to throw some type of knuckleball, you've given up the game. And I don't understand why, if you're going to do that, just as a manager, just go out there and say, we've, we've given up. We're pulling everybody <laughs> because if it's truly to keep guys healthy and, and they want you to keep all your players healthy, right? Let's not have anybody out there in a meaningless game, trying to run down a, fl- uh, a fly ball and God forbid they, you know, pull something or, or, or do something, you know, you know, like, like our guys have done and, and hurt themselves jumping over a wall or just running down at first base. So I, I don't know why that doesn't happen. If that is the sign of, we give up, just go up to the umpire and say, we forfeit mm-hmm. pull my guys off the field. They win, we lose and let's go home. And, and I don't think any fan is going to be upset about that or they'll get over it because I, I think it's just kind of gotten, it, a little bit ridiculous because it's like, and I'm sure we're going to get into it next. It's like, well, what's appropriate? What's not appropriate. If you've decided that you want to put a, which has happened. I heard it on the radio today, 27 times already this year, 27 times a position player has come into the game to pitch. That is a little bit ridiculous. You know how many times that happened all of last year in a shortened season? I think it happened like seven times or nine times. It has already happened 27 times this year in major league baseball. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and if we are all about keeping people safe, which is fantastic and, and keeping your bullpen for the next day, I'm going to throw a position player out there to, to save my bullpen. Just say like, like we do now with a, with a, with a, putting a guy on base, you mm-hmm. just say, put him on. You don't have to throw those ridiculous four pitches to, uh, to intentionally walk somebody Just say, that's it. Good night. Turn the lights off. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, unless it's before the beer sales are are, are done. If yeah. it's if it's not past the seventh seventh inning, then we got to keep playing until all the beer sales are completed. Yeah, I, I that's an interesting take. I mean, what was your mean to do? Take that pitch and then mash one at three and one. Uh, keep, I, that, that, that that to me is all a little bit weird. Here here's my only thing, and this has kind of driven me a little nuts. And this is where Nick, I've talked about, I've texted, I've even. Tweet a little bit. I am on an island on this, and that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, be on your one, island. Let me let me let's make one thing clear. One, I I'm 
I didn't want Tony LaRusso as our manager, number one. You know that. We talked mm-hmm. about it. It's documented. I have not been a fan of a couple things he's already done this year in terms of manager managing a game, in-game tactics, doing things. Bunting sometimes has kind of driven me a little bit nuts and, and, and giving up outs. But, you know, okay, that's fine. But Tony knows that these stupid, dumbass, unwritten rules of baseball still exist. And it was obvious because you saw how upset the twins got, right? You saw, yeah. you saw the dugout and their fat ass guy that was out there pitching 45 mm-hmm. miles an hour mm-hmm. yelling back. Mm-hmm. Everybody's jawing back and forth. Tony knows these exist, even though we can rage against it and say, change the game, change the game. Everybody change this, change that, change the game. It's <laughs> okay. That's wonderful. Game. I love everybody wants to change the game. Unfortunately, the people still playing and managing and coaching all in, in different levels of, of this country, whether it's little league all the way up to the major leagues, there's these unwritten rules that still exist. Tony knows this. Tony knows if he sends his guy up there to swing on 3-0 and he hits the ball at the ballpark, it's going to cause a problem. That's why, in my mind, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm thinking that's why Tony's pissed because I gave you a take sign. Because I don't want to, I don't want to wake up the sleeping giant over there. We are beating them fifteen yeah. to four. There's no reason to get them upset and wake them up from their slumber. Okay, we just are going to take care of things on the field. So that is my take on it from that point. So a couple things. I I, I agree with you. I don't want to see uh, any of our players get hurt. And I think Tony is trying to be smarter and saying, I know what's going to come of this. I'm trying to think a few moves ahead. Um, so then what spiraled after this was, you know, okay. Why don't you talk to then your mean in the clubhouse, keep it in the family, say, you know what? You're out of line. there, not respecting my sign. Do you know what I'm trying to do to you? I'm trying to protect you from, you know, taking one in the, in the ear or in the hip or whatever, if that's what Tony believes, you know, and then call Rocco Baladelli if you want. Send him a message. Tell him we've taken care of it in house. We don't want a war with you guys. We don't want guys to get hurt. We've handled it. Uh, why does he have to, you know, go in the media and make all these comments? Almost like your means clueless. He's a rookie. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, your mean thinks he's going to just be your mean. No, he's going to play by these uh, these tablet MLB rules. Um, you know, why all of the airing of grievances publicly? I, I think it's I think it's more window dressing. I'm going to yeah. call Rocco Beldelli, and then I'm going to go up there. I'm going to say, boy, we really screwed this up. Because you know what? I think, and again, I could be completely wrong. And it could every it could be everybody else could be right in saying, well, he's he's old, he's dumb, he doesn't know what he's doing, and that that could be the case. Okay. Uh, I think he's looking at it as I've got to make a big enough deal about this so my guy doesn't get thrown at the next day. And guess what? It didn't work anyway. They threw behind him and everybody's going to say, well, he, then the next thing is, well, then the, well, I think they handled it just fine. And oh, maybe the pitch got away. I think that's all BS. If you guys, if anybody out there is taking what anybody says in front of a podium, whether it's a manager, whether it's a general manager or anybody in any organization of any team believes what the what people tell you at a press conference is true. You are on drugs. And I'm sorry. So don't take for don't don't take every word that everybody says up at a podium and go, that must be exactly what he thinks. That must be exactly what he thinks. Because just so you're, for the podium. So, so we're we're thinking maybe this is theatrics then. And 
maybe this I, is because this is my angle on it is i think this is a big this could be just a whole ruse i think tony may maybe maybe let's let's go with this angle maybe he is completely uh supportive of all of the flashy stuff that you know the the swinging on trio all the things that we think he's against in the clubhouse privately he's like love it guys keep doing it you guys, you be you, be be your best, live your best life, you know, hash, you know, wh whatever you want to do. But I, I'm going to wear the black hat in in uh, in these Zoom, you know, interviews and everything. And publicly, I am going to pretend to be really enraged about it. Like I am against this. I am this dinosaur, this archaic manager, and uh, I'm going to catch all the heat. And you guys just keep feeding into it. And, and it's a, just a classic, you know, um, anti-hero thing. Like, you almost love to hate him now. Um, is that too far-fetched? It's It might be a little bit, Nick, but I do agree <laughs> with you. I, I agree with you in the I'll wear the black hat. And I'm going to take the heat off of you guys. And I'm going to try and do the best I can, which, which seems weird, right? With the things he says, you think, oh, he's not for his guys. He's not with his guys. Right, right. He doesn't have his guys back. I don't think that's true. I just don't. I, I think it's more of a, and we talked about it before we started recording, Nick. Ozzy did this all the time. Mm -hmm. Ozzy did and said things all the time to take the attention off his players, put it on himself, and, and, and that would relieve the, so the guys could just go out there and play. And eventually it's what I got Ozzy getting fired because he would just say too much and said stupid things all the time. And then people hated him for it. And then it's like, now he says all these things and crazy things on a post game show. And it's like, Oh, he should be our manager. <laughs> it's true. What? Yeah, Who are, exactly. what world am I living in? Yeah. I, I, I got to get off the Twitter roller coaster some days. Yeah. I just get, I just feel like I'm on puke, but yeah. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I think there's, I think there's everybody wants to go all the way one way. Uh, on on tony and again i uh, believe me i hope people don't think i'm a, a tony apologist because he's made mistakes so far this year he's got you know issues that he's dealt with that I, i'm not a fan of and i don't know necessarily that i like everything he's done in this situation either nothing he's done has been perfect but i think he's smart enough to know that i don't want you to do this i want you to follow what i'm telling you because it's for the good of the team what you did by not by not uh, following the take sign, you did a selfish thing because I need you in this lineup. We need you in this lineup. If you go out and get hit tomorrow in the head and you're out, I'm I'm down now. How many home runs and RBIs am I out of this lineup now? It's a godsend that he's here and he's producing. While you know we, we've got Robert and, and um, I'm I'm I'm, I'm Aloy. forgetting Aloy out. You're you know, in such a fog right now. I, I am. It's uh, well, it was uh, it was upper body fix today. The workout was upper oh, body hello. fix, and sure. I'm just mm -hmm. I'm drained of all my energy. Any hooch, it, it's <laughs> I, I just don't even know where to go with it anymore, Nick. Because I think people are just anytime anything he does, they're just going to get incensed and and pile on him. Absolutely. And I've piled on him. And unfortunately, here's the other thing. I, I kind of feel bad for him too, because um, I think a lot of people just jumping on because he's old. And I'm, well, I wasn't a big fan of the yeah. hire either because I thought maybe he, he physically, I didn't know if he could do it at, at his age. And we'll see if that proves to be the case after 162 games. But I think people are just kind of poking fun of him just because he's old, which is kind of sad. 
Yeah, I that's uh, you know Johnny and I were talking that, that to me that's just low hanging fruit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not about the age; it's about um, it, there's so many, there's so much more to just okay managers. You know, I hate to say this, Pat, but you know, you and I could we could create a lineup, and and so can a lot of Sox fans that follow this team. It's just get out of the way, put mm-hmm. the guys in, fill out the card, and let the guys do do their work. You know, it, but. TLR has been making some some good bullpen decisions, and I think that's where some of the the finer points come in. And, and to your point earlier, keeping guys fresh, but there's also a, a thing of I think creating some chemistry. Like you're you're managing personalities, you're you're mm-hmm. you're managing uh, people, and and the type of players right now that are very different than than years ago. You know, there's a lot of you know brand and. You know, it's all about me and, and, and the image that I put out and, you know, this, that and the other. Not everybody, but a lot of them, you know, they're, they're trying to live their best life. Um, and that's so I, I do think Tony is a smart dude. I think he's he is. He's a smart dude. And he's got to realize that this team is clicking for for reasons that maybe we can't explain. OK, with losing Jimenez and Robert not having Engel. It's got to be chemistry. So why would Tony, you know, he's got to be smart enough to realize that poking that and trying to create any animosity is got to be a bad thing to this chemistry. That's why I think he has told his players, like, I'm with you guys, but I'm going to have to say these things publicly just to wear this black hat and just to get the focus on me, because I want you guys to keep doing what you're doing without necessarily the focus on you. Uh, again, it, it sounds very like 1980s wrestling manager for a heel, kind of like Bobby the Brain Heenan or Mr. Fuji or, you know, it, it sounds very like, oh, we want to hate him. Um, and then he, maybe he's going to turn babyface around SummerSlam and, you know, we're going <laughs> to love him <laughs> again. I Look, I just want... I want what's best for the sacks. Okay. I just want what's best for the sacks. And I don't, you know, the, the, any animosity I, I, I view as potentially negative to ruin this good thing we've got going on. I, I think, uh, I think the key to the whole thing is Jose Abreu. If Tony La Russa has Jose Abreu, then, then he's got the locker room and that's as simple as I can put yeah. it. And, and I don't have any, uh, any reason to believe that, that he doesn't have Jose Breu in his, in his corner. Yeah. That's, that's, that's as simple as I can put it. Yeah. Um, you're, you're right. Uh, we, we definitely, uh, it, I don't know, maybe it'd have been different if Jose played, uh, this series, uh, you know, I, you know, kudos to the guys stepping up, uh, without having Ho- Jose, I hope he comes back for this New York series. Um, New York is not the team that, you remember how afraid you and I were of, of the Yankees back, you know, in the nineties and early mm-hmm. 2000, that was a team you did not want to play. I don't feel that way about New York and haven't for a while. They've got a winning record. I mean, it's still tough going into their place. Uh, they've, they've been battling injuries. It's tough for them to stay healthy right behind us though. Uh, they're, they're in the, uh, they're in the pitching conversation. Uh, yeah. they've got some good arms. They're throwing the ball. Well, uh, we're going to throw Rodon, Cease, and Keuchel. Um, you know, how are you feeling about this series coming up? Uh, well, we got day off on Thursday, and uh, and then we go at it with a night game and two day games. 
Yeah, we we got a lefty. We got a lefty going. We're going up against the lefty on mm. Friday, so I feel pretty good about that. Cole, I believe, is on Saturday, so that does not bode very well for us. So that'll be an interesting game. That'll be a tough one. Um, really not going to be uh, – I don't want to make excuses for him, but that'll be a tough game to win. And I believe Sunday's game um, – I can't remember who the, the Yankees have pitching, but I looked at the line. It's not very impressive. One and three – with a, a almost five ERA for whoever it is. So I think games one and three are our best opportunities. And, uh, you know, if we continue to, um, you know, pitch the ball the way we've been pitching and Liam Hendricks looks like the guy he was today at the back end of that bullpen and you get him in in a couple of games, I feel really confident. So um, I'm not going to predict a sweep. I, I would say that we have a good shot of winning this series minus game two. Yeah, don't shoot yourself in the foot is what I would say. Play clean baseball, call pop-ups, especially in the infield. Um, <laughs> is it amazing yeah. we have to say that? Uh, it, it's it's can, just can we even call yeah. in here and listen for yeah. your teammate who's calling. Yeah, but you him? know what I think about those? There has been so many moving parts with outfield and infield yeah, that there true. is there they haven't been able to gel. You know, yeah. you have you 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 turn around and in a three-game series, you've got three different matchups and yeah. guys running in from the outfield without uh, infielders backing up aren't they, they're just not gelling so I, I wish we can get a nice consistent infield outfield and i think that might prevent maybe i i you know, i'm just trying to make excuses here um no i you know a sweep would be nice but i to win the series in this situation going to new york especially when you know you're going to have to face cole which i think is great for this team especially the young players to go in and face a guy like Garrett Cole and say, okay, you got one of the better offenses in the league. Let's see how we can do against, against Cole. Yeah. I think that's good to have that earlier in the season uh, to prepare some of these guys for the stretch when we're going to be maybe facing some tougher pitching, yeah. uh, especially after the all-star break. Um, to me right now, I, I'm just, I'm going to really enjoy the day off. I am going to, I can't wait for this series. It should be a fun series. Uh, through a quarter way of the season, Pat, our socks are in first place. And it's amazing. And, and Nick, I know you are so connected to this team. When the socks have a day off, do you take a day off of work as well? Do you rest? I set the arm. I will be, I will be reading uh, articles. I will be finding whatever I can about this team. I, I do not like um, days off, but you know what we should do? We should tell everybody if they haven't go watch, uh, go watch that documentary. By, yeah. uh, by the folks from at last Comiskey on their gone, but not forgotten YouTube page on the 90 uh, white Sox. Go yes. watch that documentary. That six parter. If you haven't already for your day off, uh, that is well a beautiful way, time. beautiful yeah. way to spend a, spend a Thursday evening without a Sox game. Yeah. I'll stay connected to the Sox somehow. Some I just way. imagine you're like, you remember <laughs> when they used to pull Jordan out of the game and they were up a billion <laughs> And then they'd pan over and he's got these big ice packs on his knees. <laughs> That's what I think you're doing. That's what you do in between podcasts. It's like you're here, which is a lot for you. Cause you're on every yeah, well, podcast. That, that comes you know, out. I, um, I just, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> I, so I'll, I will, um, I'll find articles to read. I'll watch some old video. I'll go through some old media guides. Um, it, it's all good. Um, it's good to have a, have a day off and just appreciate being in first place at this point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's all be good. happy, everybody. Yeah. Socks being stop fighting with each other. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be fine. You know, but the, the, everything's going to be okay. Winning solves uh, a lot. And yeah. uh, this was a, this was a great way to finish this twin series. Um, 
Pat, always uh, such a pleasure uh, talking with you, especially on this milestone for us, episode 100. Yes, um, I'm, I'm going to have a, 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 some bubbly uh, apple cider or something after nice. this. That'll be, that'll be uh, how I celebrate. Just pour it all over myself because <laughs> we beat the Twins. <laughs> yeah, five and one against the Twins this year, uh, which is exciting stuff. And they've got Cleveland this weekend. So hopefully, oh man, guys ties? like, uh, for well, hopefully guys like Sano, maybe, you know, he, he obviously woke up against us and maybe he continues to mash against the Indians. Uh, yeah. And they and they look at Cleveland as another another team to kind of test themselves against. So, um, folks, thank you so much for joining us. Whether you were with us from the beginning or you're just uh, finding us recently, uh, we thank you for uh, you know letting us steal some of your time. And uh, hopefully, you can take some of these Sox conversations, take them back to friends, family, other Sox fans. Uh, you can find this podcast uh, anywhere that you find podcasts. Subscribe, pass it along. Uh, you can find us on the shycitysports.com uh, website. They've got some great content there and some Good Guys Talk Back t-shirts. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Good Guys TV, and uh, we've also got a Facebook fan page, Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morawski. Big thank you to Johnny uh, from on tap Sportsnet and Sox 35th. Until next time, go Sox!